It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, I'm Bella Perez Rubio, Puma Podcast, and you're listening to Teka Teka News. Balitang thinking, hindi breaking. In this episode... Mr. President, Excellencies... I am Ferdinand Marcos, and I am the President of the Republic of the Philippines. I stand today on behalf of 110 million Filipinos. At this time of crisis and opportunity, I bring with me the spirit of their enduring commitment to the ideals of our United Nations. Last week, President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., took a six-day working trip to New York to attend the 77th United Nations General Assembly, marking a triumphant return to the U.S. after a standing contempt order issued by a Hawaii court kept him away for over two decades. Whether by design or by coincidence, the trip conveniently kept Marcos away from the Philippines as the country commemorated the 50th anniversary of his father's martial law declaration. But even in New York, remnants of his parents' corruption and extravagance were unavoidable. Accompanied by an entourage that included his son, neophyte lawmaker Sandra Marcos, and his cousin, House Speaker Martin Romualdez, Marcos stayed at the luxurious Carlisle Hotel in New York's Upper East Side. This immediately caught the eye of Ruben Carranza, a former commissioner of the Presidential Commission on Good Government, the agency tasked with retrieving the Marcos family's ill-gotten wealth. The Upper East Side is the fanciest part of Manhattan, which is the fanciest part of New York City, which is the fanciest part of New York State. So if you're staying in a hotel in the Upper East Side, then that's already expensive in itself. A quick look at the Carlisle Hotel's website shows that its most basic rooms cost upward of $1,000. Meanwhile, a report from the Wall Street Journal says the Carlisle's Empire Suite is one of the most expensive hotel rooms in New York, costing guests around $15,000 per night. That's equivalent to a staggering 885,000 pesos per night, given the dismal state of the peso this year. So the Carlin Hotel isn't the only hotel in New York, obviously, but it's also not the only hotel that's dignified enough and respectable enough for world leaders to stay in when they come for the UN General Assembly. The president of Nigeria, Buhari, stayed at the Millennium Plaza Hotel right across UN headquarters. Gustavo Petro, the president of Colombia, stayed at another hotel that isn't as expensive as the Carlisle. And I'm using these comparisons, Nigeria, Colombia, because these are middle-income countries that are arguably better off than the Philippines, even if they 
share some of the same problems that the Philippines has always had. For the Marcos family, the Carlisle is an old stomping ground, frequented by Marcos Jr.'s mother, Imelda Marcos, when she was making a name for herself as the Philippines' wildly extravagant first lady. This is a, a surprise. Imelda Marcos, when she was not staying at the Waldorf Astoria, would stay at the Carlisle. And even when staying at the Waldorf, would spend time at the Carlisle Hotel entertaining people trying to climb the New York social ladder because she wanted to be seen as one of them. So she also lavishly gifted people that she admired. One gift was a Steinway piano that now would cost about 200,000, 300,000 U.S. dollars. She gave a white Steinway piano to the pianist Van Cliburn, a famous pianist. A, a very renowned pianist who was one of Imelda's favorites. She would often invite him to perform in Malacanang. She gifted him with a piano, had it delivered to the Cardinal Hotel, where apparently Van Cliburn was staying. According to Ruben, Imelda met other musicians at the Carlisle as well, including Israeli violinist Roni Rogoff, who she gifted a Stradivarius, rare violins, the cost of which range from thousands to millions of dollars. So the Carlisle is rich in Marcos' ill-gotten wealth history and in the pretentious Marcos lifestyle of living rich on stolen money. So no surprise that the Marcos son, the Marcos grandson, and the Marcos nephew will think that they're entitled to live this life again. When it came time for Marcos to deliver his speech before the UN, he stuck to the same format. He avoided awkward topics like corruption, rights violations, and attacks on democracy. Again, it was the 50th anniversary of when his father unleashed all of those things on the Filipino people. The effects of climate change are uneven and reflect an historical injustice. Those who are least responsible suffer the most. The Philippines, for example, is a net carbon sink. We absorb more carbon dioxide than we emit. And yet, we are the fourth most vulnerable country to the effects of climate change. This injustice must be corrected. And those who need to do more must act now. But Ruben says the topics deemed safe by Marcos and his team aren't actually that safe if you know your history. Unfortunately for him, there's enough data showing that it was during the dictatorship and during the Marcos government from 1965 to 1986 when you had almost 50% of Philippine forest cover decimated because of all the logging concessions that the Marcos dictatorship gave away to his cronies, including Juan Ponce Enrile, including Alfonso Lim, including many of these cronies that are still wealthy from the logging businesses that they had. Marcos also mentioned another pet project of his, food security. We need to take concrete steps towards a modern and resilient agriculture. For food is not just a trade commodity, nor is it just a livelihood. It is an existential imperative and a moral one. It is the very basis of human security. But Ruben took issue with this as well. Maybe they thought 
who would object to a Marcos talking about food? Maybe the Sandigan Bayan would, because the Sandigan Bayan has a pending, has a final order addressed, directed to Imelda Marcos, ordering her to pay back, if I'm not mistaken, 12 million pesos that Imelda Marcos stole from the National Food Authority during the dictatorship. Imagine that. They were they were skimming from the National Food Authority during the dictatorship, and that was just the tip of the iceberg. Even when it came to energy, one of the few concrete platforms presented by Marcos Jr. when he was running for higher office, Ruben noted the great irony of a Marcos taking up that mantle. Unfortunately for him, there's a final Supreme Court decision ordering his family, the family of Herminio Dicini, his cousin. Herminio Dicini was the cousin-in-law of Imelda Marcos, ordering the Dicini family to pay back 1 billion pesos in bribes that they received for the building of the Bataan nuclear power plant. That's energy self-sufficiency, but through bribery for a nuclear power plant that couldn't be operated. So whether it's climate change, food security, energy self-sufficiency, Marcos Jr. just showed his hypocrisy in the United Nations. In any case, it wasn't all glitz and glam for Marcos in New York. For all the supporters who came to meet him, protesters were there too. The most notable protest took place outside Asia Society's headquarters, where he was invited to speak. Protesters were forcefully dragged away by security, and three were reportedly arrested. Asia Society was clearly conscious that it was giving a platform for disinformation to Marcos Jr. and giving it in order to amplify Chinese positions or at least positions that the Philippines president would take that wouldn't harm China. Another thing Marcos failed to mention in his UN speech? Our arbitral win against China's sweeping claims over the South China Sea. Here's what he said about it at the Asia Society headquarters. We have no territorial conflict with China. What we have are China claiming territory that belongs to the Philippines. Several media outlets picked up that line word for word, running headlines that disappointed those who thought Marcos would do a better job of defending Philippine sovereignty than his predecessor. Other gaffes included press secretary Trixie Cruz Angeles claiming that Marcos was the only world leader U.S. President Joe Biden spoke to on the sidelines of the UNGA. Materials released by the White House showed that Biden spoke to several other heads of state. The president's mouthpiece later apologized for the remark. According to Ruben, who has also served as Assistant Secretary of National Defense, Meeting with Biden was critical for Marcos on many levels. Marcos Jr. needed that meeting on one hand to get back in the good graces of the United States after Rodrigo Duterte essentially moved all the way to the uh, across the aisle when he was president. But Marcos Jr. also needed that meeting to come back to the Philippines and claim that he is seen as a legitimate head of government of another country. A statement posted by the White House says that among the issues discussed by Marcos and Biden were the South China Sea and human rights. 
it's clear that it was the United States that wanted him to say what the United States wanted to hear from him. This wasn't Marcos taking a position for himself or as part of some studied Philippine foreign policy. This was Marcos Jr. saying what the U.S. wanted to hear, not for the Philippines, but so Marcos Jr. can come back to the United States and be given immunity. And that's the saddest part, because while the United States is carrying out its foreign policy to serve the interests of the United States, whether for bad or for good, Marcos Jr. is carrying out foreign policy to serve the interests of the Marcos family. And that was today's episode of Teca Teca. Again, I'm Bella Perez Rubio. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Presh Capistrano. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to follow Teca Teca and Puma Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. At para sa mga mahilig manood sa YouTube, Puma Podcast na rin po kami doon. Just search Puma Podcast and subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.